Athena Trujillo has already had a lot of success in professional pickleball, although she just started playing the sport in the summer of 2017. In 2019, she won gold and silver in the Pro Division at the Canadian Nationals and also won a silver at the U.S. Nationals. In the interview, Athena gives some great tips for advanced players as she talks about blocking, seeing the ball, and misdirects. Let's get to the intro so we can hear from Athena. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Athena Truyo. How are you doing today, Athena? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great. Well, I want to dive into your pickleball experience because I know you're quite a tournament player and play at a very high level. But let's go ahead and start with how you were initially introduced to pickleball and how you started playing tournaments. So um, I played uh, college tennis at Michigan State University. And uh, my coach um, at Michigan State happened to be Simone Jardine, who is um, a very good pickleball player. And she actually got one of my uh, friends at the time into uh, the sport. Her name's Catherine Parento, who I'm sure a lot of people have heard of as well. Um, and then once I graduated, Catherine convinced me to start playing um, in the summer of 2017. So that's um, how I originally started playing pickleball. And then from there, I mean, it was kind of a given that I would start playing tournaments. Um, it kind of um, hooked us right away. And um, I started playing tournaments, fell in love with the sport, and uh, I guess the rest is history. Well, in some history, I understand that you were both a U.S. and Canadian champion in 2019? Uh, yes. So in 2019, I had a pretty good year. I uh, went to play um, the Canadian Nationals in the summer in uh, Kingston, and I played with Catherine in women's doubles, and we won that draw. We got gold, so that was awesome. And then I played and mixed with Steve uh, Deacon, who's um, – uh, probably the number one male Canadian pickleball player uh, right now. And um, we got silver. We actually lost to Riley Newman and Catherine Parento in the final. Um, so that was a great tournament. And then at nationals um, at Indian Wells in November, um, I played in the 5019 plus bracket with Catherine and we came in silver we lost in the final 11-9 in the third to Lucy and Irina. So um, it was a great match. It was a lot of fun. And those are probably the highlights of 2019 for me. Well, I would imagine that 2020 has been a bit of a disappointment since so many tournaments have been limited. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think definitely uh, for 2020, there were a lot of things that happened that we didn't expect to happen. I mean, we... Originally, I was supposed to play around 20 tournaments this year. Um, and then beginning of March is basically when everything started getting canceled. Um, later towards the year, um, I think maybe around mid-August is kind of when the tournament started picking up again. So got to play a couple before the end of the year, but um, not too many. So it was definitely... 
um, a weird year, um, but I'm really excited for 2021. There's so many tournaments on the schedule. So there's going to be a lot of traveling, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, and the two new professional tours, um, which I'm really excited about too, because um, it kind of allows for all the pros to have, you know, a certain amount of stops um, and, and gives us the opportunity to travel, uh, have fun and, and make some money. Yeah, that's really great that the way the professional tournaments have really exploded, like you said, with the two different groups. Were you surprised at all that things have happened so quick, quickly with pickleball? To be honest, um, no. I, I think um, it's always kind of been like that with pickleball. It just it's it's always going from zero to a hundred, just really fast everything's always the growth with pickleball is super fast uh, at first I, I was surprised but now it's kind of not surprising anymore just because um i guess i've gotten used to how addicting the sport is for for everybody who tries it and um, how fast it causes the sport to grow then let's circle back a little bit to your partner Catherine. you've been a partner with her prior to pickleball weren't you uh, yeah, so uh, Catherine played on the team at Michigan State as well. Um, so we've known each other since my freshman year in college, which was the fall of 2013. So it's been a long time now, I guess, uh, seven years. Uh, we played doubles together my freshman year at Michigan State. So she was my tennis doubles partner, which is kind of funny. Um, and then, uh, we've played a couple of tournaments in pickleball now as well. So, um, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we spend a lot of time on the court together. Well, that's a great pairing. It sounds like, and when you came into pickleball, I know people tend to start at different levels based upon their sporting background. When you first entered a tournament, do you remember what level you were playing? Yeah. So the first um, tournament I think that I played in was uh, TOC, a Tournament of Champions in August. I, I was at the tournament traveling with Catherine, um, and I, I didn't plan on playing. And, and there's a guy named Tyler Wren, who's a pro player, and he, I think, didn't have a partner last minute. And I think it was either Simone or Catherine that said, Athena is a D1 college tennis player. She could for sure do it. You guys should just play together because he needed a partner last minute. And so my first tournament was like in the pro division and it was in one of the biggest tournaments in pickleball. So far it was TOC. So that was kind of funny, but I think we got a win too. I don't remember who we beat, but I'm pretty sure we ended up getting a win. So it was, it was good. It was great. Well, that's a crazy way to get started in, in pickleball tournaments. So next I wanted to ask you in relationship to, you know, tournaments and preparation, you've got such a long history in in sports and in tennis. What's your training like to get ready for a pickleball tournament? So, um, it kind of depends based on if we're in tournament season or not in tournament season. Um, when we're in tournament season, it's kind of tough because we're traveling so much. Most of the time we'll play um, sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we'll leave like Tuesday or Wednesday 
get back on Monday. So there's less time for training. Um, but off season, um, I play, um, I'm very lucky because I live in Naples and I'm surrounded by a, a lot of great pro players. Um, Catherine obviously is here in Naples. Simone lives across the street from us. Um, so we practice together and there's also Deco Bar, who's happened to be in town for a long time because his uh, he's in college, but his school's online because of COVID. So he hasn't needed to go back. So he's here. And then there's Rob Nunnery as well, who just recently moved here not too long ago. So we're really lucky. Um, we have a great group to practice with. We train together um, every day, if not every other day. Uh, we do on-court conditioning, on-court training, uh, playing pickleball. We do all kinds of stuff. Um, and then I also, um, in addition to that, I, I run, uh, I try to run to try to keep in shape. It helps with the conditioning as well. So, um, I'm, I'm really lucky that I'm surrounded by a lot of great people who push me and, um, we push each other. And so it's a great group. Yeah. That's an amazing group of people and, and names that so many people in pickleball will know. I wanted yeah. to also ask you about how would you describe your style of play? Um, I, I, I think I am a very calm player. I think it's a little bit deceiving because sometimes it looks like I don't really care or that I'm not trying, but <laughs> um, I usually am trying pretty hard and I do care a lot. Um, but I, I think I, I would describe myself as um, like a really uh, calm and, and collected player. I, I try to do um, things in a very slow manner. It kind of um, allows me to see the court and see the ball a little bit better. Um, and it helps me control my emotions. So I kind of stay in the game as well. So I don't get too, you know, I guess fired up or, and then I, I think I also am, am pretty well known uh, because I have fast hands or fast reaction, hand-eye coordination. Um, so I think that's how I would describe my game. I'm kind of calm uh, and collected, and I have decent hand-eye coordination. And is there anything that you did over the years to try and improve your eye-hand coordination? Um, I don't know if I did anything specific. I mean, I always um, did, you know, training uh, specific to tennis with, with, um, like pr personal trainers and professional trainers, you know, based on, um, I had a trainer when I was growing up as a junior tennis player who developed kind of like a workout plan for me, uh, to develop the muscles and, and, the exactly what I needed specific to tennis. So that was always kind of cool because if he had, um, you know, a baseball player, I, I, my workout was tailored to tennis and their workout was tailored to baseball. So maybe that helped just because my trainer, you know, kind of studied the game and figured out exactly what I needed in, in order for me to improve specifically to tennis. Um, so I think that definitely helps with pickleball because the sports are so similar. Obviously pickleball is a little bit faster because you're a lot closer to each other. Most of the time when you and your opponents are right behind the kitchen line, um, so maybe that helped growing up. That sounds like it probably did. And the other thing that you mentioned that you said you is really a strength and something that you do well is seeing the ball. Can you explain a little bit as to what that really means? Because some of my audience may be more beginning and intermediate players. 
Yeah, so I think um, sometimes, and, you know, I teach pickleball a lot, sometimes uh, people may have a tendency to um, rush and and kind of feel like they have less time than they do. And I always try to tell my students that, you know, if you just wait half a second longer to hit a ball or um, you kind of take your time and you're not moving as you're hitting or things like that, um, it, it just kind of allows you to number one, hit better shots because you're in better position. And number two, you're able to see, um, more in terms of the court on the other side, because you're taking your time and kind of, uh, watching what's going on rather than kind of rushing through things. Um, and at first people don't believe me, like most of my clients, I'll tell them that they have a lot more time than they think. And they, you know, call me out on it. But then when they kind of take their time and just slow it down and then the shots are a lot better, they feel better. They feel like they have a lot more time, but it's, it's not that they had more time. It's just that they took their time, if that makes sense. So I, th- I think I do. I try to do that pretty well. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure once your students get it, it's very effective. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> we'd, we'd have to ask them, but um, so far it's been working well for them, I think. Well, I'm going to get back to your instruction of students in a, in a minute. One more thing I wanted to really ask you about in terms of your game and really just the pros games in general. Can you identify some of the things that pro players do that amateur players don't do? Um, I think probably um, decision-making. Um, I think that the higher level you play, whether it's going, if it's going from 3-0 to 3-5, um, 3-5 to 4-0, I think that the higher level you go, the decision-making is more disciplined, if that makes sense. Um, a lot of the times, you know, <clears throat> it's it's difficult because um, it's a lot of fun to hit the ball really hard. Um, and sometimes the ball doesn't come back when you do that, but it's not always the right shot. And I think, uh, pros are, are number one, able to see, um, and be aggressive on certain shots from very low, um, like below the net that maybe amateurs are not able to do as well because of things like topspin misdirections, things like that. And also I think, uh, transitioning from the baseline to the kitchen, uh, blocking resets, all kinds of shots like this, where you kind of drop the ball in the kitchen in a way that allows you to come forward. I think the pros do really well, um, which kind of, I guess, makes them pros. Well, that, that does make sense. And one of the things I wanted to dive into a little bit more deeply, because I haven't talked much on the podcast about it so far, is the idea of blocking shots. Can you describe that a bit? And, you know, maybe in a way like you're, you're teaching some of your students. Yeah. So, um, Basically, you know, when you're hitting a third shot drop, nobody's perfect. So you're never going to make 10 out of 10 every single time. So sometimes you might pop one up a little bit higher than you want to. And your opponents are usually at the kitchen line and they'll slam the next one down, uh, usually towards your feet. And so what's difficult about that is that you have to try to block that ball that's coming very hard down towards your feet and, and get it to bounce low on the other side near the kitchen in a way that 
makes it more difficult for your opponents to attack so that you can kind of get to the kitchen. Uh, the, re- the reason is because uh, when you're the serving team, you start at the baseline, you have to let that return bounce, and so it forces you to stay back, um, which is the reason why the receiving team usually has the advantage because they're right up at the kitchen line after the return. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of the blocking, uh, I think. You know, whenever you get yourself in a situation where you kind of hit a ball too high, your opponents are slamming it at you and you try to block it back hopefully low in the kitchen in a way that makes it more difficult for them to attack it again towards you. Now, as we get into more of your teaching, where are you actually teaching people? Is it mostly in Florida or all over the country, uh, at least pre-COVID? So my, um, my yearly schedule usually looks like this from November to end of April, I work at a country club here in Naples called Mediterra. Um, And that's a season in Naples. So a lot of the snowbirds who have homes down here and um, are members at these country clubs, they come down from um, November-ish to end of April when it's really cold up north. And so during this season, um, I'm mostly here in Naples. Maybe I I will travel to some tournaments, but most of the time I I teach here. Um, And then from May to October, where it's a little bit uh, dead here, most of the snowbirds go back up north because it gets really hot in Florida. Um, Then I'm usually traveling to tournaments. And in between the tournaments, um, Catherine and I will schedule clinics um, kind of where we travel to. So we kind of map it out so that we're not um, traveling to too many different places. So for example, if we have a tournament in uh, California, we'll try to play the tournament and then schedule a couple clinics in California since we're already there. And then that way we're playing tournaments, still teaching kind of all over the country, depending on where the tournaments are. Um, and so we do that from May to around end of October till season starts again in Naples. And then we come back down here, if that makes sense. It does. And it sounds like really in a short period of time, you've, you've got your schedule nailed down. I mean, you, you really haven't been playing pickleball that long. Yeah. I, um, and we actually, we've only been in Naples for a little over a year now. We moved in October of 2019. Um, but we, had some help of course Simone's here and we're very close to her and so she's kind of helped in terms of oh that's another place that I teach I forgot to mention that I usually teach one day a week at Simone's Academy the Peak Performance Pickleball Academy which is at a YMCA in Bonita Springs Um, and then the other four days is when I teach at Mediterra Um, but yeah she's um, she's helped us a lot and Um, we're really happy here. We've moved a lot since we were finished with college. And um, now that we're in Naples, we feel that this is kind of probably where we'll um, be for a while. So we're really happy here. Well, that's great to hear that. And when you are doing the clinics around the country, if somebody wants to sign up for one, where do they go to do that? So, um, we are actually working on a website that's going to be released very soon. Um, However, the best way to find us would be through our Facebook pages. 
um, or Instagram pages. So we both, if you type in our first and last names, um, Athena Trio for me, and then for Catherine, it'd be Catherine Prento. If you follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, we usually post um, on there about our future camps and clinics and all of that. Um, and if you follow us on social media, we'll probably be posting the website once it's ready to launch on there. And then um, the website's basically going to have our tournament schedules, our camps, clinics, more information about our sponsors, where we teach here. Um, it'll have all that information. So uh, we're really excited for that. Hopefully it happens soon. Um, but until then, I think uh, social media is probably the best way to reach me. Okay, great. One last question then, because I know you're busy. Which pickleball paddle do you use and why? So I, um, I really love uh, Paddle Tech. They're, they're um, my sponsor. They take really great care of me and, and they have really great paddles. Um, the, the reason I use the Tempest wave pro, um, <clears throat> what I like about that paddle is it has a lot of, uh, grit and, uh, it's got like kind of a little bit of a rough face, which I really like, uh, because it allows me to put some spins on the ball, um, and kind of, uh, do some kind of trick shots, I guess. Um, and then the other reason I really like it is because, it really helps me kind of slow the ball down. Um, I think most of the time people don't have trouble speeding the ball up. <laughs> I think most of the time people have trouble slowing it down. And the Tempest Wave Pro, I mean, I've never played with a paddle that kind of helps me deaden a ball when it's coming very fast right to my feet. I mean, the paddle literally, like, it feels like it blocks for you. I mean, obviously it's probably in addition to my good hand-eye coordination, but I really feel like the paddle um, helps do the work for me. And that's really important to me because when you're in those situations where you happen to put a ball too high and you need to get the ball low, like I talked about in a way where you don't want your opponents to be able to attack it again, it's, it's important to feel like you have a paddle that doesn't um, kind of sp the ball springs off the paddle and then you feel like you don't really have any control. This, this paddle is great for control. Um, and it's great in forgiveness. I don't know if you've heard of that term, uh, but forgiveness basically means you'll notice sometimes with a paddle, uh, there's a sweet spot right in the middle. And when you hit the ball outside of the sweet spot, you get a little bit of a different reaction from the ball. And with this paddle, um, you can kind of hit it anywhere on the paddle and you get the same reaction. Hence, you don't really have to be as accurate. Um, so it helps me a lot. I, I, um, I usually recommend it for most of my clients and um, it's helped a lot of my clients as well because you just don't have to be as accurate. Um, so that's my go-to paddle. Um, paddle Tech, they, all their paddles are great, but that one's my favorite. I know I said I was going to ask that as the last question, but I just have to ask you about your your trick shots what do you mean by that oh um so sometimes you you'll notice with certain paddles that have like a really rough face or like a lot of grip it just allows you to put more spin on the balls have you heard of a misdirect why don't you go ahead and explain that for the audience so um a misdirect so you kind of if i'm playing and there's a person in front of me and there's a person diagonally across from me and the person diagonally across from me hits the ball cross, 
court to me and I make it look like I'm going to hit the ball back cross court. But then without looking, I uh, kind of spin the ball and I make it go directly in front of me to the person straight across from me. But they're not expecting it because I make it look like I'm going cross court. So that's like a little bit of a misdirection. And uh, the paddle allows me to do that shot great because it has a lot of grit. Um, so that's one example of the trick shots that I kind of like to use. Well, that's a great tip. And I think that's probably one of the shots that the pros hit that a lot of other people don't. Yeah, probably. Um, you'd be surprised, though. Some 4045 players are starting to um, kind of try to copy shots that they see, you know, on live streams from the pros and stuff. And then some people are getting pretty good at it. So maybe we'll start seeing some misdirections at uh, the levels a little bit lower than the pros. Yeah, well, that makes sense as the game grows. In terms of numbers, you're just going to get a lot more better people probably playing too. Yeah, I hope so. I think um, the more people play and the, the higher the level gets, I think it's just going to get more fun. Well, all right. I It was great to have you on the show today, Athena. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. Um, I, uh, I hope to receive the podcast soon. And um, I hope all the viewers or listeners enjoyed. And again, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.